over the next few minutes, you're going to learn how to help your six-year-old if they have been, along with their friends, asking other kids to pull down their pants. And welcome back to Sitting in a Car. I'm Sarah Sproul, and I'm sitting in a car with you each week, answering a question to help you raise your confident and caring young person who respects themselves and the people around them. And so let's just talk a little bit more detail about the question this week. So um, it says, my six-year-old and a few of his friends have started to ask other kids to pull down their pants to show their privates. Some of the kids feel pressured to do this. I'm so conscious of consent and worried that my boy won't understand boundaries. And I want to be very clear about consent and not pressuring others. And the answer to this week's question comes from the growth pillar. Now, you may remember that the growth pillar focuses on giving our kids the opportunity to learn skills, information um, over the long term. We're layering. And um, so the answer to this question is all about layering on information in an age appropriate way that helps um, our child understand about consent. Um, honoring the needs of other people. I mean, the growth pillar is also about ensuring that um, complex topics and consent is like quite a complex topic. If we're thinking about, you know, all the conversations at the end of consent, we're thinking about when consent goes very badly wrong related to sexual abuse or, uh, you know, even rape then we're going to want to use every opportunity to um, have everyday conversations with children about the principles of consent, not necessarily about sex, but just generally about honoring other people's boundaries. So what you may do if you have a situation like this is um, jump to the worst case scenario, which is my child is gonna grow up to um, commit consent violations. Or you might feel worried and horrified about what the other parents will say at school. You almost might also f will feel anxious because there's this really interesting dynamic that when our own child is doing something like that, we know they are kind and loving generally. And yet this behavior comes up. So we're second guessing ourselves and like, okay, maybe what have I done wrong? Could be blaming yourself as well. And so it's very complex. It's not, we don't have the luxury of saying, my child is a bad person and therefore we treat them badly because we're all about maintaining connection, um, creating trust and educating in a culture of safety in our family. You know, I understand though why we, because it's happened to me too, why we jump to those conclusions or think about the fears when we're faced with a situation like this because um, there is very little nuance in our media today when it comes to the complexity of growing up in a world where consent isn't sort of prioritized, it's not front and center, um, as well as the fact that our children are often growing up in a vacuum of accurate everyday information related to bodies and private parts and things to do with sex. And so these two aspects of the culture we live in intersect to form some really complex situations. And we don't have the skills as parents, unless we've been specifically taught them, to deal with these things. I've learned when situations like this happen and parents um, just go on what feels right at the time, uh, it's a sign that the courageous yet tongue-tied parenting um, effect is in full play. And this effect will cause you to feel maybe overwhelmed. It might lead you to seek out the support of other parents in your group, 
particularly if you trust them enough to have a conversation. So you'll either seek them out and find out what other people think about it, or you might stay silent and worried about what other people think. It could be either one of those um, experiences that you have. And again, it makes sense that we would um, either seek out other people and maybe go with what they think is best or um, hide ourselves away because we want to do the best for our child. We also want to avoid embarrassment and shame. That's the way we are wired. And as parents, it's so easy to feel embarrassed and shame around behaviors to do with our kids, right? That's just that's just natural. If your kid is the only kid that throws cake at the birthday party, it's going to be embarrassing, isn't it? So it makes sense that we'll also be embarrassed and might want to hide away when situations like this happen. So in this episode, I'm going to go through three different um, options you have. If your six-year-old and their friends are um, going around to other people in their class and asking them to pull down their pants so they can see their privates. Point number one, curiosity about genitals, private parts, whatever you like to call them, is normal, particularly around the ages of five to nine, right? So your kid isn't like broken because they're interested in genitals. What's a cry for more information or support is this behavior of wanting to see other people's genitals. So how could you provide more information and even more conversations about genitals and private parts in your home? Um, you can get coloring books that have genital pictures on them that you can color in. You could draw, like I remember in a, in a classroom a few years ago, it was in, I think it was senior infants, so they're six, right? We drew, we did, got out a piece of paper and we drew penises and we drew vulvas and we got to talk a little bit about them, just like you would draw someone's face and you could talk about how, you know, eyes are different colors, noses are different shapes, all that sort of thing. Bring all this stuff out into the open even more than you might be doing already because um, it's a sign that more information needs to happen. Maybe you have some paintings of, naked people like I'm just trying to think did was Picasso the one that did line drawings of boobs and all that or was that anyway you can go and do your own art research it wouldn't be my strong suit but there are ways to be able to show that these conversations can happen in the safety of our own home and when our child's need for information is met then at least you can tick that box and say, okay, my child has a lot of information now. What else could this be about? Because at the end of the day, behavior is communication. And so our child is communicating something to us about um, their interest in genitals. So while it's natural to be interested, um, we can't allow them to go around and um, maybe pressure people in their own six-year-old way to show them they're, they're gentles, right? They need to get information some other way. And you at home are, is the best place for that to happen. Um, some people, some parents will, say, will come to me and say, oh, I'm just a little bit worried maybe because we walk around naked at home, this has influenced my child. No, that's not the case. It doesn't mean that at all. You haven't broken your kid. It's far more about um, giving them more structure and support around other people's needs versus their needs. So tick off the book box about 
does my kid have enough information about genitals first of all and then let's move on to the whole consent and other people's needs piece point number two let's use an analogy to help our child understand why um, not pressuring people or asking other people to show them other kids to show them their genitals is important now the analogy i would go to would be learning to drive a car so we can say to our kids you know when kids are young they don't have all the skills that an adult has right so it's a parent's job to keep children safe both our own kids and other people's kids safe so what that means is I would not let you drive a car for instance because first of all your legs aren't long enough to reach the brake so imagine what would happen if the car was driving and you couldn't stop and the lights turned green and someone was wanting to cross the road right so parents have a responsibility to keep our own kids safe by not allowing them to drive cars and to keep everyone else in the community safe by also not allowing our child to drive cars. So in the same way, um, one of the ways a parent keeps kids safe and other kids safe too, is to teach kids that genitals are something that we keep for ourselves, right? So um, your genitals are for you, my genitals are for me. We can talk about them in our house a lot because a parent's job is to make sure kids have all the accurate information. But um, it's also my responsibility to make sure that everyone else's kids gets to keep their genitals private too, right? Because that's, that's the important thing in our world. Because some kids might not want to show their genitals, right? But they don't know how to say no. Because not all of us know how to say no when people ask us to do things, right? So that's why we don't ask other kids to show us their private parts. And you can go on about the analogy how it's like driving a car. And um, when you get much older and you have very long legs and very long arms, you'll be able to drive a car because you can use the brakes. And in the same way, when you get much older, and you can put a number on that if you want, um, but you don't have to. When you're much older, then it becomes one of the things that you might do to ask someone, you know, can you touch their body or can you see their body? But everyone else gets to choose that, right? Just like you get to choose um, who gets to see your body. Uh, but that's the responsibility that you get when you're older. Until you're old enough, I'm going to be the one making sure that um, you stay safe and that you don't damage or hurt anyone else by asking them to do something they don't want you to do. Point number three, how could you use this opportunity to um, practice the nuance or the, like the detail of um, respecting other people and giving them the chance to um, speak up for what they need. So I'm thinking of an example, you could practice um, learning how to read body language, right? So you could play a game and I'm making this game up on the spur of the moment now. So it could be something like charades, right? And say, okay, we're gonna play a game. And this game is learning about whether someone wants to do something or doesn't want to do something based on their body language. And we're going to see how accurate this is. Now, now I'm describing this, I'm realizing that there are learning experiences that um, some organizations use in secondary school for this sort of thing. And the teachable moment really is that we can't always, we can't always tell by someone's body language, but in the reality of everyday life, it's important to let our children know that some people can't speak up 
and that we need to be really clear and to make sure that um, the people around us aren't doing things if they don't want to do it. So the game you could do at home would be something like, okay, we're each going to ask a question of the other person, whether they'll come and so you could say, will you come and eat dog food with me? And we can use our body language. We're not allowed to say yes and we're not allowed to say no, but we can use our body language to show our answer and we'll all see if we get it right. I guess it's a bit like charades, right? Um, and you could do things that are a little bit nuanced. Like if your kid asks you if you would like to go and jump on the trampoline with them and you are playing this, this charade sort of game, then you can use that opportunity to be non-committal. So you could smile, but look away like this, right? Really subtle signals of like wanting to please, but not wanting to do it and start Having this conversation just because someone does pull down their pants doesn't mean they actually want to do it. And it's complex. It's complex. And of course, some of these situations are not going to be solved just by listening to one 15-minute podcast. Um, and so keep in mind that when behaviors like this happen you know, over and over again, you first of all need to make sure that there's nothing untoward going on, that there is no child in this group that maybe has had the experience of an adult asking them to pull down their pants and is therefore starting this process for everyone else. Um, but as a general rule, curiosity and interest in genitals is absolutely an age appropriate thing. And um, it's our job to guide our child along that path of learning about privacy and about body autonomy. So you've just heard three points on what to do if your six-year-old and their friends are asking other kids to pull down their pants so they can see their genitals. But this information uh, doesn't do much good in isolation because we also need um, to learn the skills to um, manage our own you know, awkwardness or worry or fear around these conversations that would be in the um, kindness pillar of the evolved family method. And um, sometimes we don't need actually more information about these sort of things. We need to get together with um, an experienced professional that we trust to talk through these issues. So um, if you would like more help related to a conversation like this, uh, click the link somewhere around this post and um, make an appointment to have a chat to me so that we can get into more detail about your specific family and your specific situation so you don't have that sense of not knowing where to go, not knowing who to turn to, not knowing which advice to take because some of it can be super conflicting. And that's sitting in a car for another week where I've answered a question to help you raise your confident and caring young person who respects themselves and the people around them. Bye for now.